Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Spartan Spotlight. I'm Justin Thind. I'm here with my co-host, Corey Robinson. And the game for all the marbles, essentially, uh, this weekend in Columbus, Michigan State, Ohio State, top 10 matchup. Uh, Corey, how are you doing today? Good. Uh, definitely uh, ready to see uh, Michigan State. This will be, what, the second second time in a month that they're the the number one uh, matchup in the country. So definitely uh, exciting to have these measuring stick games again. After, yeah, for uh, sure not having them for a few years there yeah you know um we can say this a million different ways with how they've exceeded expectations but it's just another reminder that uh who in the offseason would have thought that michigan state would have had two uh games in the last four weeks of the year when they were college game days uh site so it is uh quite the quite the accomplishment in that regard uh they won the first one obviously that was against michigan and uh now they uh, go down to Columbus, uh, and they have to try to uh, beat a top-five Ohio State team. Uh, great passing attack there with um, Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, who actually uh, has more catches than the other two, uh, which are first-round draft prospects, and Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. Uh, so that's three guys right there with uh, more than 50 catches each, with uh, Jackson having 59. And then Travion Henderson is as fast as a running back as you'll find in college football. And any single uh, snap can go uh, the distance with him. And then Mayan Williams is a power back kind of guy who um, is hard to bring down between the tackles. And then CJ Stroud, I know he has shown some flashes here and there that he's a freshman and you kind of remember that uh, based on an occasional throw or two, but still has thrown for over 3000 yards. And he's uh, according to, the Vegas books. He's a top three candidate for Heisman right now. So they have a lot of weapons on that offense, lots of weapons and on defense. I know they've looked shaky uh, at times and you kind of saw that against Oregon more than, and more than in other cases, but at the end of the day, they uh, haven't given up more than 20 points in big 10 play uh, more than twice. So they kind of uh, seem to have fine-tuned that a little bit, but they also haven't gone against Kenneth Walker and Jaden Reed, and uh, I guess we'll see what the deal is with Jalen Naylor. But it's uh, quite a few quite a few guys that uh, they haven't really matched up against so far. So what is what are your big-picture thoughts going into this matchup, Corey? Uh, for me, I think uh, you're, you're really not going to – slow the offense for them down a lot uh so I mean for me if I'm the offensive coaches uh I'm telling my my group of players be comfortable going into the 50s or 60s on yourself on offense because I mean obviously you're not going to say that in front of the defense you're going to hope uh they can do their job but if you're being a realist here, uh, Michigan State's going to give up points against Ohio State outside of uh, something crazy happening. So for me, it's uh, you have to try and stay within distance to them, uh, keep it within uh, punch resistance where you can keep using uh, Kenneth Walker, who's your number one weapon, and then uh, just go in that mindset of 
executing on offense. You can't turn the ball over and just being comfortable getting in a shootout with them. Cause you look at uh, a lot of their games, the games that are close, Ohio state doesn't have a ton of sacks from their defense. It's the games that they uh, get out to big leads and it's obvious passing downs where they can kind of pin their ears back and come after you with their athletes that they have the success. So I think the, the biggest key, like you saw when they played Ohio or uh, Penn state where they hung around for most of the game, pretty much uh, you just got to keep them within distance and then make those plays and execute at the end and uh, shock the world. Because I mean, obviously nobody's picking Michigan state to win this game. Uh, we're not picking Michigan state to win this game. I don't think. Uh, so, I mean, just go out there and, execute and just see see where it goes because that's why you play the game exactly and then uh you never know uh what what could happen and uh maybe maybe it rains again yeah. no, i'm just kidding <laughs> yeah, i mean <laughs> michigan michigan state's had worse teams beat better ohio state teams than yep. what's happening this weekend so i mean you just got to go up show up and uh put your pride on the line and execute yeah and i think um with with that passing attack, you can't really play um, a physical man-to-man kind of scheme, which Michigan State doesn't. But I know some people were hoping that they do kind of move up a little bit and become a little physical and play some more man. And I don't think that that's something you should want this week. Uh, Ohio State has a lot of man-beater um, plays in their offense. A lot of these crossing routes and underneath routes and any you don't want any three or four yard pass to go 70 yards um you want to make them drive the field and earn it um kind of the defense they employed against Miami and as frustrating as that was to watch that's that's kind of what you have to do against Ohio State and and these receivers that can go the distance you have to keep them in front of you um you just got to let the the clock take down and you got to let them march down the field and score on you in a 10 play drive. And um, a lot of times I know defensive coordinators will hope that when they play this bend, don't break defense, which I know Mel Tucker doesn't like the, the phrase, but that is what this is. And a lot of times when defensive coordinators play that they're hoping, okay, well, if a team has to go 12 uh, plays 80 yards and score a touchdown on me, 12 plays is, 12 opportunities for them to make a mistake, maybe turn the ball over as opposed to five plays, 80 yards and a touchdown. And um, Ohio state doesn't turn the ball over a lot recently, but it is true. Like the, the greater amount of plays you run, the greater risk that something can go wrong. And even if, even if that doesn't happen and Ohio state does consistently just march it down slowly and score, well, at least you've shortened the game and you've given them less scoring drives as a whole um, but Michigan State is going to need to score on pretty much every possession they get the ball, which is a pretty unreasonable task. But that's it's always the goal, obviously, for every offense to score on every on every possession. But it's going to be extra crucial here this game, and uh, at the very least, you you have to have more time of possession than you do usually. Uh, the Maryland game was a great start in that regard, but can't have the defense out there all the time and. Ohio State can just beat you in way too many ways to go ahead and just keep giving the ball back to them without scoring. Um, because say there are um, a couple drives where you somehow bottle up this passing attack, it's not going to happen for long. And if it does start happening, 
kind of consistently, then Travion Henderson will just start beating Michigan State. So there's too many ways for Ohio State to score for Michigan State to not be keeping pace. And um, I guess the other kind of storyline here, which is secondary to, to the final score, but um, you're going to need to keep it mostly close the entire game if you're going to want to keep feeding Kenneth Walker. And that Heisman uh, candidacy is is kind of important. I know it, it sounds uh, like it pales in comparison to a game with so many playoff and Big Ten title um, uh, circumstances involved here, but uh, winning a Heisman can do a lot for your program as a whole. Uh, gives it a lot of national legitimacy and the recruiting power that would come with it is just unreal. So this is a real meaningful program changing accomplishment that a lot of eyes are going to be on this week. So you obviously want to keep it close just so that you can win the game, but it is imperative that, that you are able to stick to your game plan. You're able to run and pass and at the same time, simultaneously, you'd be giving Kenneth Walker a better chance of winning the Heisman. So the, these are all kind of big picture things to just keep in mind and just adds to the importance of, of being able to stick to your game script instead of letting things get out of hand early. Yeah. And I think, I mean, honestly, like how we talked about their offense for Ohio state is really good, but there has been teams that have been able to confuse and frustrate CJ Stroud, whether it be Oregon, Nebraska, Penn state. So, I mean, there's definitely things that you can do to, try to make him frustrated or get him to make a mistake because stuff like that is uh, just the stuff that you need in a matchup like this uh, to kind of keep it close and uh, try and pull off the upset on the road. And then, like you mentioned, I mean, Michigan State's at their best when Kenneth Walker's cooking. So, I mean, Michigan State, even if they do say they go down two scores early, they they can't panic. They need to stick to the plan and uh, keep feeding the guy that's uh, predominantly got them here. Uh, so, I mean, that's what you say. I mean, they hit you with some haymakers and you just got to stand up and do that. Uh, how Mel Tucker and all of his uh, catchphrases, you know, you just got to take those punches and withstand it and come out on top at the end. Uh, I think, one thing is uh, for them is I think you could probably, again, we've talked about Malik Carr leading into the the uh, Maryland game. I think he's another guy that hopefully you can uh, see him out there to try and give yourself uh, an athletic advantage where you can against a team that's really athletic and take some of the pressure off of Reed because he's going to be covered uh, by a good corner for them, Denzel uh, Denzel Burke, he's a, a good one. So you're going to need uh, your secondary and third and fourth options in the receiving core to step up and have a big day because uh, it's going to be a tougher sledding for Reed than most games just because he's a little bit better corner than a lot of the other ones in the Big Ten. Yeah, and I think um, it's going to be important for Michigan State to be, I guess, stubborn uh, with kind of throwing a couple deep shots early so that Ohio State's um, they can't just crowd the box with safeties and that'll lead to uh, Kenneth Walker getting a few extra um, seconds before hitting the second or third level on, on his run. So uh, they need to come out and they need to try to spread them out and open them up deep uh, early, uh, whether Jalen uh, Naylor is back or not. 
Um, Montori Foster showed he has a little vertical um, specialty to him. And obviously uh, Jaden Reed, we, we know what he can do. So they got to come in with the conscious, conscious effort to open up the safeties back there. And then, uh, like you said, they can't panic if they're down a couple scores early. Um, 14 points is not an insurmountable deficit. Uh, they can still continue to run the ball and stick to their game script. Um, but what they can't do is uh, make 14 nothing turn into 21 nothing or 24 nothing just by them going off script and just throwing three straight times um, and getting off the field because they feel like they have to just be an air raid offense suddenly because they're down a couple scores. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely crucial for them not to panic. And then, uh, like like you said, they, they're not going to be able to keep up with them. Um, but you kind of have to pretty much score on every drive, if not every other drive, and then go into the uh, latter portion of the game and maybe get a turnover here and there. Like uh, other teams have been able to get on CJ Stroud earlier in the year, uh, not so much recently, but at the end of the day, this is a, this is a, a redshirt freshman who hasn't played in a lot of huge games. And um, as the season gets closer to the end, uh, the pressure kind of starts to mount. Um, they, the playoff implications of this game are probably going to be in the forefront of his mind. And uh, maybe if it's a one or two score game in the fourth, he starts to press and maybe you can get a mistake or two, but the whole key is, to try to keep it close and the offense needs to carry the water this week because the defense, the bet, the best case scenario, I think you can hope out of the defense is just making Ohio state earn their touchdowns as opposed to easy, long play touchdowns. And um, I don't think it's very realistic to, um, I, I guess, it, I guess what you could kind of hope for is if they're able to start pressuring Stroud earlier in the game um, and getting through on some of these, maybe you can get him to kind of start rushing his passes earlier in routes and that can throw him off. Cause I did see a little bit about did a little bit like that in the Penn state game, but the pressure wasn't really sustainable and he kind of settled in. So the, the key, he, he, he doesn't yeah. like getting hit either. Uh, he's a quarterback that definitely does not like getting hit uh, because if you look at a lot of their read option almost every single time it's going in the running back's belly Uh, so yeah if you can uh, physically uh, beat him up a little bit that throws him off mentally too just because I know a lot of Ohio State people really complain about that aspect of his game that that's where they're at as a program where they can uh, have a top three candidate at Heisman and they can pick apart his negatives but that's been something that has really bugged them because they got used to a guy like Justin Fields that could absolutely kill you with his legs and would stand in and take the hits where Stroud hasn't been that guy so yeah I think if you're going to want to see them dial up some some smart blitzes uh against them and then uh i think we both agree that jay johnson has been a pretty good play caller this year and you know he's got stuff in his bag that uh he hasn't busted out because they haven't necessarily needed it because they haven't really played anybody on ohio state's level this year yet so 
uh, I imagine he's got some uh, wrinkles that he's ready to unleash, uh, knowing that he's going to go up against a really good offense. Yeah, and then one of the things that um, in other games you could kind of say that, oh, well, maybe if they do let Ohio State uh, get to the red zone, maybe they can go ahead and stop them there and like the usual bend and don't break, yeah. but that's not – they. Oh, Ohio State's ninth in the nation in red zone scoring percentage. Um, that includes field goals, but um, so I'll break it down a little further. And they've been to the red zone 44 times this year. They've scored a touchdown on 29 of them. And a they've scored period 93.2% of the time. And of those 29 touchdowns, 14 were through the air and 15 were on the ground. So pretty balanced there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they, they're out of the, out of everyone that Michigan state has played, they're the best red zone offense so far. And kind of what Michigan state's downfall against Purdue was, was that they were giving up red zone scores. uh, Whereas in other games, they would kind of not break there and kind of force a field goal or get a turnover or something. And if that happens again uh, versus Ohio state, then can't really picture any way for them to win this game. So their, their best bet is to either defy expectations uh, and defy the statistical norms and suddenly be the team to stop Ohio State from scoring on the red zone or just much easier, just not let them get there. And that goes back to limiting the big plays. Um, if they march it down the field on you with consistent seven-yard gains, then I, I guess that's all you can really hope for. But just you cannot let them take a crossing route 45 yards uh, on the first play from scrimmage and suddenly start the most of their drive from inside your 35. Like you have to just limit those kind of big plays. And that's just what I'm going to keep harping on. That's what I think the biggest key is like if Olave and Jackson Smith and Jigba and, and Garrett Wilson want to catch curl routes and get eight yards on every single catch and march it down the field. Yes. It'll be very frustrating, but you have to make them earn it play after play. You cannot give up chunk plays against this team. And that's, that's just when Ohio state looks the most unstoppable. I was was watching that Purdue game and uh, it was at the same time as the Michigan state one. So I was just watching it in my laptop on my laptop as the Michigan state game was on the big screen. But every time I would look down in between plays at the Michigan state game, it was just 25 yards here, 45 yards here on a Garrett Wilson jet sweep. And it's just some, just, just so disheartening for a team when you have like a play or two where you kind of stop them. And then suddenly they just get 50 yards on the next play. Like you have to make every single play um, a challenge. You just can't be giving them chunk yards, but. um, Which kind of sounds a lot like uh, when you play Michigan state's offense too, where uh, Michigan state's got that ability. So, uh, you know, that's why I say it's the biggest game. If it was a, uh, a, a cakewalk for Ohio State it wouldn't be so uh, I think I think Michigan State's offense will have uh, some things to say about themselves in this game too and you know this is just a, a, a huge moment for the players in the program uh, to go down to Columbus and uh, walk out with the victory and then you know you're pretty much that the, you control your destiny for the college football playoffs, the big 10 championships, all that stuff. So, uh, I think, uh, you, you can see, uh, Michigan state come out and 
like that's what I think. I think you're, we're going to see some of this stuff that we haven't seen them do yet, but that we've seen maybe Jay Johnson do in the past at Colorado or other places. So uh, that's definitely something I'll look for. But I mean, the biggest key, honestly, like we said, is stay stay on uh, task with Kenneth Walker and let let him carry you like you did uh, in the Michigan game. And I know I forgot to mention this in the Purdue post game uh, podcast, but um, they did a good job kind of using Walker uh, in the past game a little bit. I'd like to see uh, that continue here this week. Um, a lot of what Ohio State's issues were in the Oregon game was the linebackers were kind of a step too slow. Um, a lot of that was um, more of gap discipline. So I guess Walker is better off um, running the ball and kind of exposing their defense that way. But they're in pass coverage. He should be able to still get a little bit of production. So I would just try to get the ball in his hands as many times as possible. Just it's simple and it's a cliche, but you just have to put the ball in your best player's hands as often as you can, especially in these kind of big games and uh, see whatever he can get you. And you just got to go down with, with the guys that brought you there. And that's, that's the best way to do that. And that's, that's going to be the key there um, is just create creativity and how to get the ball in his hands if they kind of get down early and just script him, like if Michigan State scripts Walker out themselves and Ohio State doesn't even have to do anything to key in on him, then this game could get ugly. So they need to make sure that that they are committed to Walker um, and throughout the game, no matter what the score is, even if it means changing the way that they're using him. And uh, that'll be a key for sure. And then... I think too with Jaden Reed too, I think if you got to get creative with him to kind of get him the ball out in space and kind of let him make his plays too, I think. Yeah, I agree. Because yeah. uh, so then once they start looking down at him, that's where you got to uh, do some stuff and get Reed going too. Cause uh, I think, you know, it's obviously, obviously Walker's the, the main guy, but it's going to take a group attack from a uh, Reed, Thorne and the rest of the guys along with him. But, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it should definitely be interesting because I do think Michigan State can put up some points on them and maybe make them uncomfortable too. Yeah, I would still like to see them run the ball out of like um, a three or four wide receiver set without the box being crowded. I know um, I said this a few weeks ago, but it just seemed like um, if they were to have either – let's say three receivers and then Hayward kind of motioning out and just having five down linemen and kind of clearing the box out a little bit that kind of gives Walker some more running lanes as the other team has to account for those four out as opposed to in other scenarios. And I I would like to see them do the same against Ohio state. Even if Naylor isn't back, just I'd put Tori out there. I'd put Trey out there and I'd put Keon out there next to Reed and, I would just kind of try to open the box and really make these linebackers kind of, Hey, let's see what your gap discipline is like. Is it like the Oregon game where CJ Verdell was just taking uh, home runs to the house because you guys are filling the wrong gaps and I wouldn't bail them out and just load the box and have the safeties come over there and and help in the run game. Um, Obviously at the end of the day, you can only do that so many times and, if anything, like they'll just start bringing safeties down and playing everyone press man and maybe Keon and Montori and these guys don't beat that. And suddenly you've just schemed yourself out of an extra blocker in the box. So you got to pick and choose your battles and see how that works. 
but I would like to see a little more spread uh, on some of these runs. Um, but I guess it kind of depends on what Ohio State gives you and how it works. But that's something I'd like to see this game. And special teams is going to need to be sound. It's, uh, it's a Big Ten game as usual. And uh, hopefully Matt Coglin is back. But I know the the game that uh, that Ohio State famously lost uh, in the Big Ten a few years ago, that, that game against Ohio State, they had a punt blocked, they had a field goal blocked, and that was kind of the difference in the game. So the, if, you, if you're going to beat a team like Ohio State, it, you might need some special teams magic um, here. I know you can't expect Jaden Reed uh, to take a uh, to take a kick to the house a, as your game plan and how you're going to win, but um, just you got to make sure your coverage is sound. You got to make sure that everyone's filling the right gaps. And if you can get a punt block or you can get maybe like a 30, 40 yard return here or there, that could really kind of shift the momentum and shift the tone. So hopefully Ross Ells is a unit. Um, they've done a pretty decent job this year. So hopefully that continues there. Yeah, really the only issues they really had this year is uh, shifting <laughs> for yeah. whatever reason on punts. Yeah. I don't, we'll, we'll have to talk to him in the off season about that because that absolutely is mind boggling to me, but everything else with a unit has actually been pretty good. They've gotten some good punt returns they've gotten some good kick returns uh they've i think they've uh covered the punt really well i, I can only think of like one or two times that they really gave up a real return uh one thing then, one thing that's helped them though is that Coglin has put the ball through the back of the end zone a lot so they haven't defended yeah. a lot of kicks but um they kind of had pepper too uh, yeah and punt returns yeah, but if they are without Coglin again and Rustic is doing the the kickoffs, then I can see uh, some dangerous return potential there from Ohio State. I know even this past game against Maryland, there was a, a ball that got brought out to about the 38 on a kickoff because uh, Rustic didn't put it in the end zone and uh, the guy decided to return it. So just just things like that um, that are gonna they're gonna have to make sure they try to to fine tune as much as possible and limit. But I guess anything else you want to touch on here, Corey? Yeah, I think I guess I can touch on the special teams a little more too. Is uh, in the last few games that they've had that were closer ones or even games that weren't close, the Ohio State punter Chrisman like absolutely would swing the field so many times and we've seen uh Bryce Berenger for Michigan State absolutely boom it so maybe uh maybe turn around here and uh Berenger ends up becoming a huge difference maker for Michigan State and helps them with the posi- the field position battle and uh pinning them deep and all of that so maybe maybe that's one of the things I'll write down in the back of my uh, mind is a. Uh, a spot where maybe Michigan state makes up some of those inches is that uh, with Behringer's foot. Yeah, definitely. And I know Behringer, they were, they were originally thinking that, Hey, maybe we might not need to bring in a punter in this class or the portal because uh, Behringer has played well. So we'll just invite him back another year, but now he might be worthy of uh, going to the NFL. So that's a, uh, that's a good predicament to have there when your punter is that dominant. So Good, good job by him this year. And yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll definitely be um, a storyline worth monitoring here um, of just as these cold weather games at the end of the year, where sometimes the offenses do start slowing down. And if the weather gets kind of sloppy, that brings down the scoring margin as well. And then suddenly it becomes a game of field position. And when you have a guy like Bryce Berenger, that could be huge in these end of season games. And 
I, I have a feeling he's going to be very huge in that Penn State game. Um, and then we'll, we'll see, we'll see just kind of what kind of recognition and national attention he starts getting here and what happens the rest of the season. But Bryce Berenger, now that is, that is an NFL punter if I've ever seen one. So good job by him this year. Um, anything else, Corey? It's the glasses for him for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, just, just like for Rodrigo Blankenship for the <laughs> yeah. Georgia kicker. It helps your feet. Um, no, I think we covered it. I mean, like we said uh, a few times, Michigan State's got to get comfortable scoring with them, uh, try for some turnovers, uh, have special teams make a difference, uh, just go out there and empty the tank on them in all three phases and see where you're at at the end of the game. Yep. I know if uh, Michigan State wins this game, they will just have to beat Penn State in order to go to Indianapolis. But yeah, that wraps it up for this week's episode of Spartan Spotlight. And uh, we'll be back after the game to recap uh, Michigan State's performance against Ohio State. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you guys next time.